1: What's going on everybody? It's Matt AKD Lumberjack Landlord here with our good buddy Mike Suber. How's it going, Mike? Good Matt. How are you? I'm doing awesome. I really want to talk about this topic today because we talk a lot about landlords and buying and buying assets and how to buy assets. Not nearly as much about how to then manage that asset when it comes to tenant interaction. So I think one of the really important things, just coming from you know my perspective, not sure how you essentially directed your uh, property manager to handle this, but what kind of guidance or what kind of processes do you know, or have you given them to basically put in place for how to manage that tenant when getting into the unit and having that conversation with them? I know that a lot of people don't know what guidance to give their property manager. um, And maybe that system doesn't work. What are the things, some of the things that you would recommend that if people are doing it with a property manager, that they would tell them and kind of give them guidance on? Uh,
0: No exceptions. I mean, that's the biggest thing I've learned over 20 years is, Uh, everybody's got a story. Uh, It's impossible to figure out what's true and what's not. Uh, It's amazing how many times we've heard the same stories over and over. And and again, I'm sure sometimes they're real, but most many times they're not. And I'm not in a position to judge. So we've adopted uh, a mindset that the process is the process. Uh, We we go through it every time, regardless. Nobody is, nobody's treated any different. Uh, We, and we don't accept excuses, right? There's a contract signed. You're an adult and it is what it is uh now we don't we don't it's it's just and this is why frankly this is one of the reasons i have a property manager uh, you know even if like let's say i I lived in fresno which i don't um i couldn't be a property manager because just naturally who i am i have a, a, a you know I, I try to put on a hard outer shell but i'm gooey in the middle if that makes sense <laughs> and i would i would i'd fall for every freaking story there is and um I'm just I'm just not that at so it's really easy for me to tell my PM, my property manager, no exceptions anytime for anyone for any reason, and probably three or four times a year they bring me what they thinks an exception to an exception, and I'm like, are you not listening? No exceptions <laughs> for anyone at any time. Just because I I don't I can't judge what's real or not real. Right. Um, I don't like being lied to. I don't like this. I don't like that. And so it, it it just happens that way. Now, if there's something like, um, you know, like an A, like Fresno, it gets hot, right? We don't have snow, but it gets hot. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if my AC goes out for some reason, then of course we take care of the tenant because those are known things, right? If it's on us, it's a known thing. My, my, my property managers went there and saw things like somebody on my team sees it. Sure. That's a different, that's not an exception. That's like, okay, well, the process is we take care of people because we're good people, but these whole stories where they come in and just sing songs, no exceptions. I, I I just can't tell what's real anymore. I've been burned too many times.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I think that that's probably the most sound advice anybody could get, which is have your criteria and stick to it. I think the the, the areas that even as a self-managing landlord that I get into trouble with are the ones where we make an exception. It bites us almost every single time. You know, we had we had one recently where it was, um, you know, I've got to have a place by the end of the month. I have to because they've given me the notice saying that they're going to rehab the building. And I don't believe landlords anymore, old landlords, because sadly we aren't really brethren. We're much more. They view it much more as competition and them getting rid of their problem onto me. Um, so I don't even believe landlords anymore because, quite frankly, I got duped a couple times pretty hard. Where I now know. that they were lying. Um, And it was shocking to me that somebody would lie to get rid of their problem to make it somebody else's problem, knowing that they're going to do financial damage to them. Um, So that was shocking to me. Um, But one of the things- Come on, shocking to you? It was. It was. I was really, I was, because I've never done that for a landlord that's called me as a reference.
0: I frankly expect every landlord reference to be a lie. Interesting. Interesting.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't. Sure. I didn't expect them to be aligned because I thought it was kind of like, hey, they're moving for some reason. Probably it's legitimate. What I found, especially in the last couple of years, what I found is their sob story in the beginning often ends up your sob story within a few months, and so it yes. doesn't yes. pay to have a heart in this business. And then every other tenant largely gets looked at with speculation. But that's where it comes from. I have four hundred tenants four or five of them, I can't stand. And mm-hmm. four, uh, three out of the four, or four out of the five were inherited. Mm-hmm. And so we're working our path there because we have a process where we get pretty great tenants. And it's not only a, a credit thing. It's not only a paycheck thing. It's just seeing how they respond, you know, during the, you know, during the walkthrough, you know, especially when you have your pick of the litter. So the cautionary tale I would give all the other landlords that watch us is, don't be desperate to get your unit rented if this market turns and you then have a challenging time finding a, finding a, a rental. What I would tell you at that point is you really need to be looking at Section 8. If you really are getting challenged at that point, for some reason that unit's just not renting, Section 8, I guarantee you, has plenty of people readily available that are looking for a place that would be more than happy to take that place. Yeah. I'm a
0: huge section eight fan. Every unit I have is available uh, for section. 8. I don't treat it any different than a cash paying tenant first in first qualified gets first. Yes. Um, there are some overhead things, but again, I look at the overhead as check the checker. So it's, it's all good to me. Uh, and again, a lot of that, I mean, I knew I was going to be that way since I had one unit uh, just given how we grew up, you know, very housing insecure. So yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Section Eight.
1: Yeah. Um. So some people might ask the question. So I know that this it doesn't pertain to me. We would make all of our units available to Section Eight. The challenge is the cost of the unit. Of course. So, so for you, how do you do that when you probably have? I would guess that you have units that are more expensive than others based on location, maybe, or is it kind of? So a- there. so it,
0: I think of our entire portfolio. There's there's probably a dozen or so. Maybe it's fifteen um, that are right on the cusp because again, Section Eight over the last few years has been and in, in and in, in the bump that they have next year is over ten percent. It's, it's big, in yeah. my mark, so they they've caught up. So there was a time probably five years ago where Section Eight was clearly behind in my market. It wasn't even close. That was a problem. Yeah. Uh, but the program, at least in my market, has done a great job. And I, you know, I'd have to go look. I haven't looked in a while, but I bet you there's only 12 that are right on the cusp. And if a section eight tenant comes up and we can get the max, most likely I'll take a 50 or a hundred dollar haircut to Again, I, I want the first person, the best person. I don't, again, it's sure. the same process for me. It's, it's, I don't look at where the money's coming from. It's, it's, do you have, do you qualify? Do you meet all the boxes? And the first one to get a yes answer is, is, is in the same process.
1: Yeah. I think that's the most challenging part for us is that section eight in our area is probably about. 15 to 20 percent below market
0: yeah that's that's where we were if i it's not that case anymore um, and how
1: how were, how were you able to kind of how did you manage through that i guess was it you were just willing to take less for the unit because it was uh, or-
0: no so i mean sometimes you just have to say no right because one of your qualifications is you got to pay this rent and they Correct. won't go there right sure uh, so that's you know that's 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 some of that is a no uh section eight does have a exception process which we okay. ran through a couple of times we never got the full amount but we got some okay. sometimes um yeah so i it's it was um yeah i remember a couple of years where they just had a flat year year to year um that was tough and really where it was tough was on renewals and we just we just chose to eat, eat it on a renewal so we didn't have sure. a turn
1: yeah, I think on I think on the renewal side, I absolutely see that. I would never want to evict somebody based on section eight not having an increased rent, knowing that the markets went up that much. That's not even that's not even a metric I'm looking at. Yeah. The ones that I have to look at to your point, which is kind of it sounds like we're kind of in the place where you guys were five years ago. When you've got a 15 or 20 percent delta, the hope is they might make it up, but you don't know that they'll make it up. And the, the right. challenge with that is. I have 17 qualified people at market, but if, for those. Oh, no, we, are,
0: again, we take the first qualified tenant. And if, if, unfortunately, if you come in with uh, 1500 qualification and six, you don't, you're not, you, you miss the first barrier. So. Right. Right. Not qualified. Yeah. And
1: here's the key to that too. What Mike's talking about is something that's really important, which is when you don't make that exception, there's no interpretation of, um, you know, well, we didn't get it because of this or we didn't get it because of that. If you say no pets. If you say the rent $1,700, if you say um, that uh, that here's the occupancy level, if you say those things mm-hmm. and then they don't meet that, then it's a, it's just a no. We're still just allowed no. to make the rules by which we'll accept a tenant. We just have to be consistent. So yeah. I think that that's really every,
0: every, Everybody goes through the same filter, no exceptions anytime. It's kind of like Earlier, right, uh, dealing with hard—it's the same process, right? The, it's it, and again, I could I couldn't do it as a self manager because I, yeah. I'm again a hard shell gooey center, but um, I'm so glad I have a PM because I can act tough with them and then let them go do their thing.
1: <laughs> so if you do have that gooey middle like Mike, the best thing to do is have a problem manager. So I have to say no to people that I don't want to say no to, but at the end of the day. I made an exception for a vendor that works for us. Mm. They work for us. They do great work. I wanted to reward that relationship. What's the point of having a relationship if it doesn't mean something and help you in some way and help others in some way? We made the exception and they are officially two months behind in rent. And they're a vendor of ours. And we've even given them work in that process. And they're a great they're a great tenant. We love them as a vendor, but this is something where they didn't fit the box and we allowed it because we, they are a vendor of ours and it is no good deed going unpunished.
0: Yeah. It, uh, the process is the process. I've, I, again, I learned that lesson. I mean, I had, I had a similar situation, A a, a handyman who yeah. did great work, multiple yeah. projects. Yeah. just didn't pay his rent i had to evict him it's like and then of course i don't use him anymore it's like
1: right well and that's the other down that's the other downside too is you know that you're going to pull their business from from them too and yeah. that's for us that's thousands of dollars a month with this vendor yep it's, oh. it's crazy so i would always caution everybody as you're going through this process trust but verify and make sure that their sob story doesn't become your sob story because i promise you no good deed will go unpunished i looked at this and factually i believed it was going to go sideways but i let doing trying to do the right thing and help out a vendor that helps us trying to do that make that work and it is not going well so none of us are perfect i certainly make mistakes and almost always it's when i make an exception so mike tell everybody where they can find you sir one rental at a
0: time. Uh, do a live stream Saturday at eight a.m. for one hour. Come join; it's a lot of fun.
1: It is. It's a lot of fun, Mike. Thanks so much. Please make sure that you uh, hit that like button. Also subscribe. Live stream tomorrow eleven, or excuse me, Sunday eleven thirty a.m. Eastern time. Mike's is at eight a.m. Pacific time, eleven Eastern time. Good time. Don't miss out. Mike. We'll see you in video number three.